Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. I'm ready to preach, and I hope your heart is stirred and you're ready to receive today. We are in a series called The Invitation. And we started a few weeks back, the invitation to worship. And we're looking in Matthew chapter 2 where the wise men came and they said, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. Last week, we looked at the same story, but after they brought their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we said that these weren't uncommon gifts. Just like you and I, we exchange with money. Money is not uncommon or a foreign idea, but the gift was fit for a king. Common things, but the, the way they were giving from their heart was one worthy and fit for a king. And so we also established that worship is not just giving all of me, but it includes all that is tied to me. And so it's my marriage, my family, my kids, the, the things that God has entrusted to me. And as we established last week, Miracle Offering Sunday, it includes then also finances, that area of life. And here's the beautiful part. I don't remember if I, I got to say this last week, but as we include God in these areas, guess what? God has an opportunity to bless those areas. Let me say it this way, and then we're going to get to today's message. Let's talk about money, right? If I manage my money, and I spend my money, and I do it my way, never taking into consideration what the Scriptures teach me, and how I should live as a Christian, even in this area of finances, then guess what? What happens is, whatever I'm able to do with it, is all I'm able to do with it. But... If I say, okay, Lord, uh, the tithe means the tenth, and I'm going to give you as a baseline, by the way, not like the max line as much as, as the entry point, the entry level is the tithe, the 10%. So God, I'm going to be faithful in the tithe, and guess what? I'm pretty sure I can live with the 10% being given to God and Him blessing the 90% that I'm left with. Yes? And so you're inviting God into that area of your life, which would be the finances. Apply that now, though, to any other area of life. Include God in those areas. Not just, God, you're number one on Sunday, and then every other day of the week, I'm going to do whatever I want. So last week was the invitation to give, but this week is the invitation to seek Him. The invitation to seek Him. Some of you are like, I, I, I didn't know I needed to be invited. I thought it was just come. But we're going we're gonna to look at the Word. And by the way, as the church, our doors are wide open. Our arms are wide open because this is the heart of the Father. His arms are wide open. And we're going to look at some scripture today. But the wise men came seeking the newborn king or looking for this newborn king. Luke chapter 2, verse 15, I want to read just this one verse. It says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that, hap- that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So in Luke chapter 2, we see the story of the shepherds and how they were you know, watching their flock at night. And then an angel appeared and then suddenly a host of angels appeared saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. But it says that these angels... When they returned to heaven, the shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem. In other words, let's go and seek out this, what we've heard already about this. Let's see this thing that has happened. And I, I, I look at that and I say, both the shepherds and the wise men came seeking Jesus, the newborn king. So from his very incarnation, there was a curiosity from the rest of humanity. There was this interest. And if you look and fast forward to Jesus' ministry, 
He just had three years of ministry, but crowds were pressing in. Like we said already, the woman with the issue of blood. There were people all around Jesus. Not because he was a celebrity, but because he was uh, doing the will of the Father. And he was on mission. He was on mission. He wasn't out there to gain popularity. He was preaching the kingdom. He was preaching and teaching and then performing miracles, signs, and wonders. And knowing psychology, people liked that third part. And even towards the end, when, when they were getting ready to crucify Jesus, it was almost like, show us some tricks. Do some miracles. We want to see. Oh, can't you do it now? And Jesus wasn't this puppet to entertain people. He was there and he knew, I'm going to lay down my life. I don't care what, what's going on in front of me. I'm gonna, I've come to fulfill what the Father has asked of me. And he laid down his life ultimately on the cross for the sins of the world. He took the weight of the world on his shoulders. And for me, when I think of Christmas, it's not Jesus you know, this cute little baby, and I think, baby Jesus, away. Like, they're, they're beautiful songs, don't get me wrong. But the value in the birth is knowing why he came to earth. And sorry, I, that rhymed. I'm not trying to, like, be, like, cool. It just happened. But he, he had the end in mind. And it's amazing. Like, there's this big gap you know, from the birth, there's this uh, account of when he's 12 years old, and then it's like radio silence until he's 30 years old and his ministry starts. But even Jesus, I believe, had this, this, these formative years where he was being raised just like we raise our kids. With, you know, drool, poopy pants, all this other stuff, attitudes and characters, and, but eventually the process, now 30 years old, go. But there's always this curiosity with humankind about Jesus. Can I also tell you, let you in on a secret? It's still true of the people in your life today. They are curious. They, but here's the thing. When we don't live out the Christian life, and I use the example of a mirror, we're called to be reflectors of Jesus. So am I mirroring accurately who Jesus is to those around me? And let me say it on the opposite side this way, because if we're not, people will say, well, I know you go to church, I know you call yourself a Christian, but you and I, we're no different. We talk the same, we do the same things, we go to the same places, and, and all of that stuff. Nothing is different. And, and so, for us, we have been called to be set apart, so that when people see us and they observe us long enough they ought to realize you are different. And they're seeking. And they're going to ask questions. I know because people ask me. And it's not because they know I'm a pastor. They just say something is different about you. And that's me saying they're looking for... They see Jesus. They just don't know it yet. What they're actually looking into through the eyes, they're seeing Jesus. Not because I'm special, again. But because we're called to reflect Him to our neighbors, to our family members, to our world. And so there's an invitation to seek Him that we find all in Scripture. And I want you to know 2,000 years later, over 2,000 years later, we are still given that same invitation to seek Him. Because in Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus himself said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So I, I want to say this. Is it us who does the seeking or Jesus by his Spirit? And, and I don't think it's an either or. I think it's both and. Both and. So... Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus is saying, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. This story, Luke 19, was him showing up at Zacchaeus' house. You know what the religious people said? They said, Why is G don't doesn't he know who he is, Zacchaeus? Why is he going to eat with eat with such scum or notorious sinners? 
That was the outlook. So Jesus, you know, salvation comes to his house and Jesus says, the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And he said, I have come for them. That's the beauty. So there's a seeking. Now Jesus isn't on this earth anymore. You can't climb up a tree and wait for him to walk by. But his spirit is here and he is alive and active. And Holy Spirit does the heart work and draws men still to this day to God. And so the spirit of God searches to and fro, the Old Testament in Chronicles says, For the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. So the eyes of the Lord are on you. The eyes of the Lord are searching and seeking for people to strengthen, but also to save. And on the other hand, there are lost people who are looking and seeking to find their way. And God finds them and meets them. And, and I'll say also like this, they find him in the process. The Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So in your seeking, guess what? You're going to find. You're going to find. So again, the question, do I have to seek Jesus or does he come looking for me? I think it's both and. Both and. Let me uh, illustrate it this way. Pick a young man, maybe it was... To the guys in the room, it was yourself if you're married today and you found the woman of your dreams and you wanted to pursue her. You know, how did you do it? Back then, I'm trying to tell my kids like, daddy didn't have a phone. I didn't have Instagram to follow mommy and, you know, get to know her a little bit. It was like face to face. Can I get a witness? Face to face. And nowadays, it's like, that's really awkward if that's how you have to start it. Or like, that's the real deal. That's how we had to do it. And so, a, a man will do all kinds of foolish things. Right? Can I tell you what I did foolishly? Grade 9, not, not Priscilla yet. But grade 9, there was a girl that I liked. And we started dating, whatever that meant in grade 9. I had a girlfriend, and her birthday was coming up, and I had zero money, or my parents didn't really give allowance, but I'll tell you what I did get. My dad, for years, had this giant can where he collected pennies, pennies, and I'm talking $20 worth, so someone do the math, is that 2,000 uh, pennies? Yeah? Okay. Someone correct me, but 2,000 pennies in this giant coffee can. Like, literally, my dad's like, I've had this for 20 years. Son, I give it to you now. I was like, sweet. I counted it all. I'm like, Mom, how do you deposit this stuff? And she's like, oh, well, you have to count them. And she, she worked at a bank, so she's like, you got to roll the pennies and all of that crazy stuff. And she's like, okay, let's count. Okay, you got $20 worth. I'm like, okay, how do I get this into, like, like dollar bills, got to go to the bank. So I'm like, okay, let's go to the bank. I got the money, went to the mall, and I bought a $20 teddy bear. I give it to this girl, and I knew her also from church, young people from church, right? I got to practice what I preach. It was not just because I'm a pastor, but this was lived out my whole life. And then I get this teddy bear, give it to her. It's like, oh. And then she broke up with me not long after. We dated a month. And then um, I didn't have the gall to ask why. But my sister at school said, what's going on? She goes, I broke up with your brother. And she's like, why? She said, he was too nice. <laughs> my dad's like, you took my can of pennies to buy a teddy bear to give to her? I was like, Dad, I'm sorry. I should have kept it and saved it or invested it or something. But we will do crazy things for love. Yes? Now to Priscilla. <laughs> when we dated, uh, I sought her out. I felt clearly the Lord spoke to me and said, she's the one. Get ready. This is for a lifetime. And instead of feeling butterflies, it was like, a ton of bricks. I felt the weight 
of the reality and the responsibility in the best possible sense. But for life, like, I was like, oh, like, this is serious. Like, I got to do this right and carefully and properly. And it was amazing. And, but at the same time, I was very sheltered, I learned. And she's like, you've never had pad thai? You've never gone to a Thai restaurant or an Indian restaurant? I'm like, no. Like, the closest was, like, Chinese takeout. So she's like, all right, let's go downtown Toronto. Like, and I was just, let, let's do it. I'm gonna, I even started listening to a boy band called Westlife to learn songs for her. So when I proposed, I was like, I want to grow old with you. I want to. We will do, some of you know Westlife, yeah? Okay. Tasha's like, yep. But we will do crazy things for love. We, we will do, I, I sought out the things that I knew Priscilla cared about and I would do anything so that she would know that I loved her and that I love her still to this date. I'd be a fool for you any day, Priscilla. She's like, I don't want to, I didn't marry no fool. <laughs> but for so many of us, I feel like that was us when we came to Jesus. Hear me now. I was going somewhere with this. I feel like that was so many of us when, we've, when we first came to Jesus, but somewhere along the journey, maybe we've stopped seeking Him. And what was once this flame lit, burned hot and bright, now has just become a dull, faint thing of the past. But we're still maybe showing up. We're still you know, going through the right motions, so to speak, but the fire is not lit any longer. And only you would know this. I'm not here to judge and to guess, but I wonder if that's true. In the busy, in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, that we've made it about the gathering and the food and the meal and the grocery list and now the toys, and we got to get all of these things done, but we've said, oh yeah, Jesus... Church is Sunday, 1030. Okay, hopefully it's a short one because we got this other stuff to tend to. And I just look at the Father who sent His Son to seek and to save those who are lost. And maybe some of these sheep, His very own today, are feeling a little lost because we've been chasing all of these other things. That's why there is an invitation to still seek Him. There is an invitation to come back to your first love afresh and anew and to say, Jesus, you're still the one I love. Jesus, you're still the one that, like, the way I showed Priscilla I cared was by investing my time and attention into all the things that I knew were special to her. So with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it's like, God, what, what do you care about May my life be more about that than the things that I'm actually chasing. And for some of us, it's a laying down of our will to then say, Lord, I actually now want your will. I've done it my way a long time. And it's not a bad way, but there's a better way. And it is his way. This is a, a pastoral cliche, cheesy thing now. But, and I think I've preached this once, so... If you heard it, you'll hear it again. Wise men still seek him. Not, not just at his birth, but wise men still seek him today. You've been in church 30 years. Be wise. Seek him today. Afresh and anew. Say, Lord, maybe I think I've discovered all of who you are, every facet. You know, like a curtain, it has all the folds. There's a manifold of who God is, many folds to his character, to his nature, and maybe some of us, we've just seen the first few glimpses, but there are so many more layers to still uncover about who God is, that's why we got to seek him, as deep calls out to deep, so I'm going to continue, even till my last breath, my prayers, Lord, may there always be a curiosity in my heart for the things of God. And I want to discover them. I want to dig deep. And the more I learn, the more I can transfer to my children. The more I can give here at the church. And so there has to be a hunger and we still seek the Lord. 
So in scripture, I just want to show you that the invitation to seek him is still there. So Hebrews 11 verse 6, I believe we referenced this a few weeks ago. But in the New King James Version, it says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him, God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is God. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if we are going to seek him, then how do we do it? We're going to seek him in faith or with faith. We're going to seek him knowing, hey God, this isn't a vain pursuit. Amen. This isn't like a, a, a rainbow with nothing at the end of the tunnel. If I'm going to seek him, I'm going to find him. And I'll, I'll show you a verse later that says just that. But if we're going to seek Him, then how we do it is we come to Him in faith. We seek Him in faith. And then secondly, from Hebrews eleven six, then we're going to seek Him diligently. Yeah. Diligently. That word diligently breaks down in this way. It's in a way that shows we care. I'm going to seek Him diligently. So, Lord, in my seeking... I'm showing you that I care. I'm going to do it carefully and thoughtfully. Not just like, oh, I just happened on this devotional today. Let me just read it quickly and then I'm going to move on. No, no, no. It's thoughtfully and with intentionality. And so that's what that word diligent means. I'm going to be intentional in including this part of my day. That God, I'm going to seek your face. Lord, I'm, I'm never going to tire, never going to think that I know more than. But Lord, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So God, I seek you first. So we seek him in faith and we seek him diligently. Another scripture, Jeremiah 29. Uh, I could have put verse 11, but we usually just quote that one and don't really look at the next few verses this is a prophetic passage which had meaning for its intended audience. But this, this excerpt that I'm taking in verses 12 and 13 are very true of his nature and his invitation to us. By the way, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? I have a hope and a future, God, all of that. But look at this next part. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will what? Seek me and what? Find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then the, just the beginning part of verse 14 says, And I will be found by you, says the Lord. Not says Pastor John. Not says my thoughts about God. Says the Lord. And so... I've used this example on a, a prayer night, I think, but not on a Sunday. So the, the idea of hide and seek, you know, as a parent would play with a child. And so, you know, I remember I was a camp counselor in Bible school. We had like these high school kids and I thought, I'm going to teach these kids a lesson. And I said, I'm going to find the best hiding place and they will not find me. And so it was on our, our school campus. We had a castle Believe it or not, you can look it up. It was in Barrington, Rhode Island, and it was called Belton Court. And there was like this big entryway, but on top, it was flat. And I knew that if I could get in the building, go up, get through the windows, I, I'm still technically outside, and I'm going to lay there. I laid there for over an hour, and the tar from, I was starting to like burn up. And, and, and you could see, you know how a castle has like, there's a name for this. I can't remember what that's called. What's that? Turret, turrets? Turrets. And, and you could, so I was looking. I could hear the, and I was looking. I'm like, that's high. I had another friend with me, two counselors. Like, I'm like, we haven't heard any kids for like half an hour. Is the game over? Everyone made it back into the chapel. So finally, like we climbed down, run back in. Like, oh, there were two more. We never found them. And I was like, I felt so good, right? God doesn't play hide and seek with us like that. Can I show you a quick example of what it probably looks like? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding. <laughs> you know, it's like when we play with our kids and, and you know they're not good at finding things. 
So it's like basically, Dad, just tell us where it is. I'm like, it's right there. And they're like, oh, there it is. God is not hiding from you. God is not hiding. He's inviting. He is inviting you to come. And he says again, then you will call on upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and what? Find me. So he, there's a promise there. If you are seeking not your will, not your desires, if you are looking for him, you will find him. And this is something that the Lord is saying in his word. And when you search for me, how? With all of your heart. When you search for me with all of your heart. You know, at the beginning of this new year, we announced it the last few weeks. We're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know fasting is kind of like a buzzword. Uh, people do intermittent fasting for health reasons and, you know, to lose weight or just to feel better. All of those things. When we talk about 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's really to lay down the law with the flesh, to deny the flesh, and to say yes to the Spirit of Almighty God. And so we're going to change how we eat, yes. But in place of what we would normally do, we have to put prayer. And the invitation in Jeremiah 29 is, call on me, pray to me, and I will what? I will listen. I will listen. And it is an important thing for, uh, for you as a Christian. Matthew 6, there are three things that Jesus expected would be a normal part of every believer's life. He said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. He breaks down Matthew chapter 6. And he says, when you do this, this is how you do it. When you fast, this is what you should be doing. When you give, do it like this. And we're going to spend three weeks in the new year saying, Hey God, we're calling on you. Lord, we thank you that you listen. And prayer is also the practice of us listening to God. So we seek Him, but we know He's seeking to say some things to us. we got to be listening as well. And so it, some of you are not in the practice. We usually have a guide that we're going to prepare. We're going to make available on our website for you to download. We'll make sure it gets sent out in an email. But it's not just like, hey, maybe you'll lose a few pounds. Maybe that's a byproduct of prayer and fasting. But that's not the goal. If it becomes the goal, then let's just call it a diet and let's not say that I'm praying and fasting. So prayer is part of what we're doing. Not just the fasting part. If all we are doing is the food aspect without the prayer aspect, it's simply changing how we eat. So we're going to, 21 days, we're going to put it before the Lord, the start of a brand new year. And we're going to say, God, we're putting you first. We're seeking you first. Why? Because there's an invitation to still seek him today. And the promise in Scripture is when you seek me, you will find me. When you search for me, and this is the condition, with all of your heart. With all of your heart. Remember last week I said, more than this, God cares about your heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So God, I care about your kingdom. Lord, I care about what you care about. Therefore, my heart is invested. My actions then should follow, wherever that is. And again, breaking down this scripture in Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13, right? Who? He says, then you will call upon me. What? We're going to seek him and we're going to find him. When? When you search for me. How? With all of your heart. But I was reading and, you know, breaking this down as I was looking through it. There's nowhere. There's nowhere. You don't have to wait for Sunday morning to begin to seek the Lord. You don't have to wait for a special moment in your day. There's nowhere. The lunchroom, the car, the altar. It's wherever you find yourself, you seek the Lord. There are people watching online. You might never step foot in this building simply because of proximity. You don't live in Toronto. That you can seek the Lord where you find yourself today. I would add, you should find a local church that you could be planted in and invested in. But 
the best time is right now. The best time is right now. And the result is amazing. He says, I will be found by you. I will be found by you. In other words, in simple English, you will find me. You will find me. So there's an invitation to seek him. And Psalm 27, because I said I want to show you in Scripture. Psalm 27 says, Hear, O Lord, verse 7 and 8. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, capital Y in my Bible, so you, God. When you said, seek my face. Can we stop there? So that's an invitation. The Lord is saying, seek my face. Seek me. Seek my face. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. That's our response. When he says, seek me. God, your face will I seek. And he says, do not hide your face from me. You know, I want to share another story this morning with permission. Everyone knows Bill? Hey, Bill. He's here. He's at the back. Today is Bill's 59th birthday, by the way. And a few weeks ago, Bill told me a story that, like, blew me away. And so I, I asked for his permission just to highlight this part. Um, Bill's in a wheelchair because of a very violent car accident that he had in the 90s, was it? Yeah, 95. And, and that's why he's in that wheelchair. And so the fact that he's here is a miracle in and of itself. What I didn't know, I knew that part. What I didn't know, and Bill told me this a few weeks ago, he said, there was um, a poem or a story that my grandfather had given to me. You remember the, those New Testaments, the small ones like we gave away at the community outreach event? So he said his grandfather had it made into a, a little book like that. And it's called If. And forgive me because I can't remember the author of, of, that, of that poem. But the illustrator, I'll, I'll save this part just for a second. But this book, Bill would keep in his glove box when he was in the car. And he said if I would go into the house, I would bring it in the house. It was, it was very special to him. The, the day of the car accident... He said they found him, the books in the glove box, but they found his body holding, clenching that book. And what's amazing though, and he just discovered this recently, he said he's trying to find like, where can I get a copy of this thing? But the illustrator's name is Giovanni Manna. In Italian, Giovanni translates to John Manna, which is my short name is Jonathan, but people call me John Manna. And he said, I only really like realized this so many years later. And he's like, what are the odds that the, the day my life was spared, I'm holding on to this book. And he goes, and today you're my pastor. You're my pastor. And it's just a small reminder, Bill, that God cares about these little details this book was special, but who would have known years later you would meet a guy named John Manna who would lead you to Jesus praying a prayer at 3350 Weston Road. But Bill was seeking. Bill was seeking, and he found Jesus. He was seeking. And like John Manna, Giovanni Manna, meant nothing to him probably years ago. But today, he's like, that's my pastor. You know, it's amazing, and I'm not, it's nothing about my name or any about me. It's just how God, in these little ways, serves reminders that, and, and Bill said, he goes, man, I was looking, like, I was searching, and I feel like God was there all along. And, and that's a beautiful reminder for you and for me, that when we seek Him, we will find Him. It's not about a man, it's not about a person. If the only person is Jesus, it's Jesus. I want to wrap up today's message just by highlighting Luke chapter 15. We're not, we don't have time to read all of it, but I will read a portion of it. So if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 15. 
Jesus was a master storyteller and he told parables, called them parables. In parables, they often wouldn't share like names of, of characters in the stories. So you won't find parables that have names of people. And so we're going to start reading at verse 1 of Luke 15. We'll read the first two stories and then I'll just highlight the third one. But they deal with exactly what we're talking about today. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. So in light of what these people were feeling and thinking about his actions, he says, okay, listen to these stories I'm going to tell. Verse 4. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he is found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. Verse 7. In the same way. Say in the same way. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. That's why at the end of every service, we give an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, here is the opportunity. And how do we do it? We receive Christ, that invitation, by confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and repenting of our sins. In fact, it's the other way. We repent of our sins and we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior by the confession of our mouth. And so that's why even if one person comes to Christ, church, that's reason for us to celebrate. Because what was lost is now found. So the first part of the verses was the invitation for you and me to seek. Come, seek. Come, seek my face. Yes, Lord, your face will I seek. But now Jesus is sharing these stories to show that this is the heart of God. To seek and to save those who are lost. And even if it's one, there's value there. So let's look at the second parable starting at verse 8. Or suppose, so he's continuing with a different story, but the same theme. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. Verse 10, in the same way, say, in the same way. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So when you hear us say in church, hey, the Bible says if even one person turns to the Lord from their sins and to Him, all the, heaven, all the angels in heaven rejoice and throw a party. That's where we get it from. We're not just saying fancy, fun things to make people feel good. It's truth. And Jesus was telling us, this, in the same way as my story, this is what's going on in, in heaven. And then the last one is the parable of the lost son. Don't have time to read it. So there's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and, and then we get really personal because now he's dealing with people. And by the way, the sheep, all of them are talking about people. But here he actually just uses a person and... If you have time to read it, go ahead. Many of you probably know the story. But in a nutshell, he's like, hey, dad, uh, can I have my inheritance now? Okay. So he gets it. He leaves. And he, he spends all the money living wildly. The other son never leaves home. And he's basically run out of funds. All of the partying has stopped. He's in the pig's pen, 
And as a Jewish person, you wouldn't even want to be associated with the pigs, but there he is, and he's going, even these pods that I'm, my job is to feed them are looking appetizing to me. Like that's how low he stooped, away from his father. And his speech was simply this. I'm going to go home, I'm going to tell my dad, hey dad, um, I'm sorry, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore, but if you could hire me on as one of your servants, because his mentality was, the servants have enough to eat. So I, he didn't even view himself as a son anymore. But he thought, let me go back as a servant, because at least my needs will be met. And to his amazement and surprise, the Bible says, even while he was afar away in the distance, afar off, his father was watching I don't know how long in the story he had, be, he had been gone, but Jesus was illustrating the heart of God the Father. Not our earthly fathers, because I know some of us, that definition is really out of whack because of our experience with earthly fathers. But our heavenly Father is not an earthly father. So Jesus used that illustration to say, while the Father was afar off, uh, the Son was still far away. He's looking. And it says He picks up His robe, which... In that day, you don't do that as the, the man of the house. You don't pick up your robe and start running. But he did. To show his heart was for his children. That the heart of the father is seeking. And he was watching and waiting. And then finally, he embraces and he says, let's throw a feast. Why? Because my son was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he's what? Found. Jesus said, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. So you say, Pastor John, is the seeking my responsibility or is it Jesus's? It's both. You know the heart of the Father. That's why I've taken so much time to walk us through Scripture. I don't want you to hear me talk for, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes, and just say, well, Pastor John talked a lot about this, but I don't know where in Scripture we find it. Well, you have a whole bunch of scriptures now where you see the invitation is to come and seek. And then on the other hand, the heart of the Father is He's seeking you out. And if, if you're saved today, that's awesome. But then what about those in your family? What about those you're going to have dinner with these next couple of days during Christmas and New Year's that don't? Because I believe there's curiosity there. There's a, there's a desire there. They might not express it like that. They might not admit it even. But they're there saying, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm hurting. I got no one to actually laugh with. I, like These are some of the things people might say. In reality, they're saying, I'm looking for something real. Something to touch my heart. Something that'll satisfy the, the dull feeling that I have in my heart. There's an emptiness there and a void that only Jesus can fill. They don't know it yet. They're searching. They're seeking. How do I know? People try to fill it with all kinds of other stuff. If I can just have enough friends around me, I'll be okay. Guess what? Friends don't sleep in the same house. <laughs> friends go home and then that feeling comes back. Or if I could just drink enough wine to feel a buzz and lull whatever this thing I'm feeling this holiday season, this Christmas. And then the effects of alcohol wear off and there's an emptiness. You can't fill it with anything else but Jesus. I'm telling you, that's why there's an invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so this Christmas... As we prepare next Sunday, 10.30 a.m., we're going we're to conclude this series with the invitation to behold. To behold as I stand in awe of who you are, God. But that can't happen unless we decide to start seeking Him now. And I'm not looking for a baby in a manger. I'm looking for the real deal. And I'm looking for the real Jesus. Not who I've made Him up to be in my head. Not the, just give me what I need, Jesus. It's, who does God say His Son is in His Word? Who does Jesus say He is in His life? And that's the Jesus I'm seeking. Hey, Jesus, You healed everyone who came to You. 
except in your own hometown where they did not honor you and it said you could not. Not that you would not, but you could not. Then Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me as healer? I'm seeking you, the healer. I'm seeking you, the baptizer. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the gift, but Jesus is the baptizer. So Jesus, I'm seeking you, but I know that when I seek you, what you have is for me. And Lord, I re- I, I'm asking, would you give me this gift that you promised in Acts chapter 2? We can go on and on, but listen, to behold him, you have to seek him and find your way to him. And guess what? You will find him when you do. And, and how do we do it? I search with all of my what? My heart. And so this morning, my question is, are you ready to seek Him? Are you ready to seek Him? It's not going to happen in a five-minute altar call. I'm sorry. It, it might ignite it. It might be the sermon that ignites it. It might be the closing prayer that ignites it. But hear me, it's, it's a continual journey with Jesus. Lord, I seek you. Lord, I seek you. 5 a.m. prayer is to say, early in the morning, Lord, will I seek you. Early in the morning, Lord, will I seek you. And and there's something that all of heaven begins to take notice. Oh, we got another one they're asking. They're searching for the real one. Not elves and Santa Claus. We We have all of heaven saying, come on, look, there's one, Lord. Send your spirit to them afresh and anew. Come on. I don't know how that conversation looks. I'm just... I'm just imagining for a minute. But when we begin to seek Him, something stirs in our hearts. But I can guarantee you, God is ready. God's not saying, no, I'm hiding. Keep, keep trying to look. No, he's, he's revealed Himself in His fullness through the person of Jesus Christ. Now we say, Lord, I receive. I'm seeking, Lord, all of who you are. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? God had the world in mind when he sent Jesus, but it started in the womb. I'm going to say it again. God had the world in mind, but it started in the womb, a tiny seed. Today, as you seek him, not just today, from this day forward, be intentional, do it in faith, seek him diligently. As you do it, there's a seed that's already there. And I believe it with all of my heart. It's going to grow. It's going to blossom. And you're going to flourish in Jesus' name. And, and God has great plans for you. Even if, how many days do we have left in this year? Like 12, 13? I'm horrible at math on the spot. How many, Ola? 13, there we go. Because there's 31 days, not 30. And today's the 18th, got it. 13 days left. And what if these last 13 days were the best days of 2022 for you? I didn't say for every, like everyone in your life. I'm saying for you. What if you said, hey God, I don't, I'm not even going to wait till prayer and fasting. But I'm going to begin to seek you now at the close of this year. That I will end the year on a strong foot. On a strong note compared to maybe this last month or this whole year. We can end strong, church, family. And could you imagine then the momentum heading into a new year with prayer and fasting? I can't can't force you to seek the Lord. I can just lead you through Scripture by the power of His Spirit, but you have to take action. So my question for you as we close and we get ready to pray is, are you ready to seek the Lord? Why? Because the invitation is there. The invitation to seek Him. When you seek Him with all of your heart, He will be found by you. Not says Pastor John, says the Lord. And so we're going to pray. And the word from our 60th anniversary, the sermon that Pastor Tom has preached, it it still reminds, like it rings in my spirit. Consecration. Consecrate. Consecrate means set things apart as holy unto the Lord. Consecrate. This this is not for common purpose, but for special purpose. And I believe there are people here today that God has called you 
and set you apart for a special purpose. This, this is in the prophetic now I'm speaking. There are people in the room, like we're all called to be ministers of the, in the new covenant of the gospel. I'm saying even steps beyond that, there are a few people, not a lot in this room, a few people, and maybe God has already revealed it to you, but He's called you for ministry in a specific way. And in one sense, that word consecrate has kind of become just blended to everyday life. And where once you said, no, I'm called and I'm set apart, now you've kind of been living as a blending with everyone around you. But I'm here to remind you, whoever you are, that God has called you to be set apart as different. And as you separate yourself, that means you don't watch binge watch Netflix all night long till you feel tired. That means you're going to start digging into the Word. You're going to start saying, Lord, I'm hungry for more. And He's going to begin to give you everything that you've been praying and asking for from the beginning. And He's reigniting the flame. Reigniting the flame. And I'll use the expression, your first love, which was Jesus from the beginning. And I want to... Normally I'll say that and then I'll just pray. But today, if you feel that word is for you, can you lift your hand? I just want to see. And, and Jermaine, I felt that in my spirit. Look at this. A whole bunch. I thought it was just a few. But there are many in the room today. I don't know, probably like 10. So receive the word of the Lord. Receiving it is the first part. But secondly now is the only reason God's using me in this way for you today is because He wants you to take action. Take action. What are you going to do now in light of what God is speaking to your heart? Being set apart is one thing. Now He wants to use you like only He can. In Jesus' name. you got to be invested in the kingdom. He wants to use you. I want to pray for these that lifted their hands real quick. Would you slip your hands to heaven? Church, let's pray. Because I believe God's moving. There are gifts that He's given His church. And they're not to be put on the shelf, but they're to be used for His purposes, for His kingdom. So Father, in the name of Jesus, to those that lifted their hands, we thank You, Lord, that You would pinpoint, Lord, where they're at today. And Lord, the word was they got to consecrate again, set themselves apart again, afresh and anew, and that God in their seeking you, you're going to relight the flame. And Lord, I pray that it would be hotter than it was on day one. Father, reignite it. And Lord, we're going to throw some logs today as we pray onto the flame that God, we would see you do incredible things. Lord, I thank you that Maybe they feel like time has been wasted or maybe that they, they feel guilty for, for feeling this way. But God, you don't look at our past mistakes. You still look at us and see us as the righteousness of Christ, number one, but also the potential the potential that when we say yes to you, Lord, I'm available to you, there's, there's no limits anymore to what you're going to do. And so, Father, I thank you for every hand that was raised for this specific word. And God, I pray today that what you are doing would be sealed by the power of your Holy Spirit. That when the enemy tries to come and throw doubt in the mix, or throw his lies and twist the truth and twist the word, Lord, that there would be a seal because that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit is. He's a seal. So seal this word, I pray. And, and I remind each of you, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until Christ Jesus returns. And so God, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Light the fire again in Jesus' name. And Father... For every single person that is here who is saying, I'm going to seek you, Lord, with all of my heart. Lord, that's not my responsibility to judge if we're doing it with all of our heart or just one compartment within many different compartments of our heart. But Father, if we're serious and we're saying this today, Lord, would you take notice of our word? God, would you take notice of our desire and Lord, help us to be diligent as we seek you. Lord, help us to come to you in faith. 
believing that nothing is too hard for you. Help us, Lord, to realize that you've been there all along. And Lord, as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. Lord, I thank you that it's a call and a response. There's an interaction that's taking place. And so, God, this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. And so, Father, even as we close out these last 13 days of the year, God, I pray that we would see lives transformed because we're saying, Lord, I'm going to seek you with all of my heart. I don't want the fluff. I don't want the fake. I don't want the religion part. Lord, I just want Jesus. And so, Lord, would you reveal yourself unencumbered, unhindered in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. And last prayer I want to pray. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. And like we've said this whole message, the invitation to seek Him is given. And so I want to ask before we even close in prayer, you might be online, you might be in this room, but if you've never repented of your sin and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you're here today and say, you know what, I I need Him. I've been looking, I've been searching, But today, I'm finding the real Jesus. And I want to receive Him as my Lord. I'm going to count to three. And I would just ask that you would raise your hand so I know who we're praying with. So if you do have your hand up, if you would be so kind as to just put it down so we know. But there's nothing to be ashamed of. Everyone here, we love you. We are for you. He is for you. And and so if that's you on the count of three, would you slip your hand up? One two and three is there anyone here you say pastor pray for me i want to receive christ i see that hand at the back anyone else today if you're watching online you can put a hands up emoji just to signify you're praying this prayer with us amen 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 the bible says we got to repent of our sin and out of our mouth we confess in romans chapter 10 confess with your mouth jesus christ is lord and we believe in our heart that God raised them from the dead. The Bible says we will be saved. So I'm going to lead our sister um, in this prayer, the sinner's prayer, we call it. Those of you watching online, you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior, you pray this with me. And I'm going to ask the room to join in. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can come to you just as I am. But you refuse to leave me the same. I repent of my sin and I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and that God you raised them from the dead and so I receive you now by faith and I thank you that I will never be the same again I am a new creation the old is past And everything is made new. Now help me to live every single day for you. And I give you my life. Every single part. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we rejoice this morning? As the scripture said, even if one comes. And and here's the thing. We would never know the fullness Some people never let us know. Before you're dismissed, I just want to close the service officially uh, by letting you know, if you prayed that prayer, there's a blue connect card we would ask you to fill out and hand it in before you leave, just at the guest services desk on your way out on the right side. We want to follow up with you and give you a gift as well. For those of you online, there's a digital connect card you could fill out. And the second important thing, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, is you got to find a church that you can call home and keep coming back. It's very important. And by the way, Weston is one of the greatest churches in Toronto. And I encourage you, if, if you don't have a church you can call home, we welcome you home here to Weston. Lastly, there's an opportunity to give. You know, we, we showed it up on the screen during the video announcements. Miracle offering runs till the end of the year. 
Um, we're going to, in the new year, let you know how much has come in for Miracle Offering. We're going to rejoice and celebrate. But there's a, always an opportunity for us to give tithes and offerings. So we're going to put that up on the screen as we exit, uh, finish the service. But let me pray. Father, we thank you that it's a joy and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. Father, I thank you that we're going to seek you with our whole heart. And God, on the other side of our seeking, we're going to find you. And Lord, it's not that we've lost you for some of us, but we're going to discover, Lord, a new depth that we've never tapped into. Who you are, your character, your nature. And God, we will never be the same again. There's no going back. And so, Father, bless our coming in and our going out now into a new week. May we be your hands and feet, and may we reflect who you are to this world in Jesus' name, because they are seeking, and there is an invitation to seek. And God, we might be the person who leads them to you, Jesus. And so, God, we honor you, we love you, and we thank you. This is all for you in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.